TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. It's The Scoop with Darren Dookie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. Let's get down and dirty. Scoop podcast episode 204. I was over at the X on Friday, so this was before the meltdown against New Jersey, then the debacle on Sunday against St. Louis. I caught up with defenseman Ryan Suter. Here is my conversation with Ryan. Let's just start with what Bruce just declared to us. You guys are making the playoffs. I mean, I guess what else is he going to say? But hey, I mean, I guess why not make that declaration, right? Yeah, I think we have the team that can um, when we play. We, uh, we're, we're a pretty darn good team. Um, when we take shifts off and give up momentum and, and the other team gets going, it, it, uh, it, it's not good for us. Um, but we're, we're in a good spot. We haven't played well, and we're still in the playoffs, and now we just got to figure it out here. Speaking of not playing well, I mean, the home record is really baffling. How do you explain it? It's tough to explain. Um, it's disappointing um, considering how, how well we were at home last year. Um, and I, I think there's still time for us to fix that and, and get that going in the right direction before the playoffs. And, I mean, you know that this group can do it, right? I mean, that's why you have that confidence, right? Yeah, I think so. I think we're, uh, we've proven that we, we can be, make the playoffs. Um, that's, that's our goal right now, and then once you get into the playoffs, we have to, to find a way to, to win in the playoffs. So, um, But for us, it's, it's one game at a time. It's getting the momentum at home, getting getting you know the XL to be a tough place to play in like it was last year and at certain parts of this year um, just kind of putting it all together how do you evaluate your season so far ah, good question I, I think it's uh, you know it's had its ups and downs um, not knowing really what to expect at the start of the year and to, to be where I'm at today I'm pretty happy with it I mean a lot of people would suffer the injury you suffered in late March it might not even be back at this point, like ten months later, right? Uh, or close. That was never an option for me. Um, people say that, but uh, I, I get that out of my my mind as fast as I can. But I mean, is this almost this whole year, almost a rehab year, and then you need a full summer, maybe next year, get back to the Ryan Suter that we know? I don't think so. I think I'm playing fine. I think uh, there's there's times, there's games that that obviously aren't aren't the way you want them to go. Um, that's I think the toughest part for me is just getting that consistency getting you know feeling good on a consistent basis and and being able to you know make plays um, on a consistent basis again and um, you know no better time to start that than than now to the to the rest of the year was there some doubt at all October November were you feeling a good amount of pain back then big time Um, yeah training camp I wasn't uh, feeling too good and um, feeling good now, though. I mean, that's the beautiful thing, right? Exactly. Body heals. I mean, you always knew at some point you would get back to that point. I mean, are you about 100%? Or are you still there's still a ways yeah, to go? I'm pretty close. Um, after last game, you, you don't feel very good. You know, you have things that come up throughout throughout different games, and um, you kind of you know injure different things and and re-injure certain things, and there's just so many ups and downs throughout the season that that you got to kind of keep to yourself and um, battle through and um, hopefully uh, no more of those come up defenseman to defenseman how much do you guys miss Matt Dumba 
Uh, a lot. I think uh, his right shot uh, was, you know, important for us. I think it's it's very tough when you you have to play on your offside. Um, so for Broads and and some of these guys that are playing on their offside, it's it's a tough tough game. It's tough to create offense. Um, so yeah, we we definitely miss him from an offensive standpoint. Um, getting pucks pucks through the neutral zone a little easier. It's just when you have lefty righty, it's a lot easier to to perform. Call me Will Hunting, you know, the movie Good Will Hunting, yeah. mathematician. Yeah. So you're, what, like halfway done through this 13-year contract, right? Over I half. can do the math. Over half. Six and a half years, right? Yeah, yeah just a little over yeah. half. I mean, is it everything that you thought it would be so far? Uh, it's been fun. I think, uh, you know, there's one thing missing, and that's what we're we're trying to, to accomplish here. And I, I, th I honestly believe we can we can accomplish that. I mean, and there's still a ways to go. I mean, right? I mean, it could happen in four years, and it would still exactly. happen. Exactly. Yep. There's there's time. So I mean, no regrets. As you look back to what six, seven summers ago, and your decision, you had multiple options. You could yep. have gone many places. You chose here. No right. regrets. No, none, none at all. I I love it here. Um, family loves it here. We've met a lot of lot of friends now, and um, a lot of good people, and uh, we're we're having fun. And obviously, when you're winning, you're having a little bit more fun. So, got to get back to the winning ways here. Craig's on record saying you're going to sign another contract. Like, forget the rest of this contract, six and a half years. You're going to play beyond 40 years old. Well, let's start winning, and then we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, is that amazing, though, that he's already declaring that Ryan's going to play beyond 40? I feel good, um, but let's, let's focus one, one uh, year at a time here, one, one game at a time for now. We know Ryan isn't going anywhere before Monday's trade deadline, but general manager Paul Fenton is very active on the phone. Heck, 17 teams had scouts at Sunday's game against St. Louis. As I mentioned on the podcast last week, the guy that they are getting the most calls on is Charlie Coyle. I guess I will be surprised if we don't see another trade. Will it be a hockey trade? Will it be, hey, we're just looking for some assets, whether it's draft picks or young player, so maybe not necessarily a hockey trade where you trade a Charlie Coyle and you get back somebody that can immediately help you. I guess that remains to be seen. Whether it's even Coyle remains to be seen, but I can just tell you, Coyle is the guy they are getting the most calls on. Eric Stahl is a logical trade candidate. He is a pending free agent. He does have a limited no-trade clause. He can block trades to 10 teams. But whether it's Stahl, Coyle, someone else, the expectation is that Fenton will do something by Monday's deadline. Mike Madonna was spied at Monday's practice and owner Craig Leopold's suite. The buzz on what Madano will do with the Wild, yeah, there is buzz that he is going to join the organization in some capacity, is more so on the community relations side, helping out maybe on the sales side, you know, shaking some hands, patting some people on the back. The buzz is not related to hockey operations. I know some people have said, hey, what about Mike Madano running hockey operations, overseeing Paul Fenton? I've not heard that buzz. The buzz is more so helping out as more a team ambassador, helping out in some capacity and helping out where the Wild can use some help because, hey, if they miss the playoffs, hey, there might be some people looking to cancel their tickets. I'm not saying that all of a sudden people are going to completely jump off the bandwagon, but they may need to re-energize the fan base. Mike Badano could help in that regard. There are all sorts of different things that Mike could do to help the franchise that don't have to do with the hockey operation side. On the Wolves, the expectation is Tyus Jones will be back after this All-Star break. Robert Covington is making unbelievable progress. I'm told he was able to ramp up his workouts big time in Nashville early this week, including on Monday. Got a really nice workout in 
on Monday afternoon. I've been asked, hey, is Rocco going to miss the rest of the season? It surely looks like he will be back sooner rather than later. Now, Rocco did meet with a few of us late last week. He said there still is no definitive timetable, but I can just tell you he's been able to ramp up his activity. So it is trending in the right direction for Covington to return to the Wolves as they make one final playoff push. Point guard Isaiah Kanan will see his 10-day contract expire at the end of this week. The expectation is the Wolves will not re-sign Kanan. If they did, they would have to sign him for the rest of the season. So they won't re-sign him, so they'll have an open roster spot. No buzz on what they'll do with that open roster spot. Not that they have to even fill that open roster spot, but there's enough guys out there. Remember, they called on Nick Stauskas and Wayne Ellington. So we will continue to dig on whether the Wolves will fill that 15th spot once they officially don't renew Kanan's contract. On the Vikings, it's the calm before the storm, although on Wednesday we'll have a chance to meet with Gary Kubiak and a couple of the other new coaches and the Vikings. A lot of Vikings personnel will head to Indianapolis this weekend. Combine testing interviews, and it's not just about the draft prospects. The Vikings in Indianapolis will meet with Ben Dogra, the agent for Sheldon Richardson. They will meet with the agents for some of their other players, including the agent for Adam Thielen. Yes, remember that Adam is looking for a bit of a pay hike. He has earned that. Now, he's a couple years away from free agency, so that's where it becomes a bit of a slippery slope. But there will be conversations about the Vikings giving Adam Thielen a bump in pay. I continue to hear that Kyle Rudolph, yeah, it makes logical sense with his cap hit over $7 million that the Vikings want him to restructure his deal, take a pay cut, or defer money, but I'm told that will not be an easy negotiation. And there is no dead money there. So if the Vikings wanted to kick Rudolph to the curb, they certainly could. But that's where it'll become very interesting because he is so popular here. I'm just saying he's not going to just say, hey, Vikings, whatever you need, I'll do whatever you want me to do. That will be an interesting back and forth. Everson Griffin, another name to watch with his cap number over $10 million. So the Vikings have some work to do. Andrew Sandejo is a logical cut. There's some other guys like Mike Remmers that have high numbers too where you say, okay, that just doesn't make sense. Sandejo at the top of that list. But I'm telling you, keep an eye on Rudolph. Keep an eye on Griffin, what the Vikings do with those two guys. On the Twins, they continue to look for an arm or two on a minor league deal. Adam Warren is a guy they would love. On a minor league deal, they would have loved Sergio Romo before he signed a major league deal with the Marlins. I don't see them signing Craig Kimbrell. I don't see them signing Dallas Keuchel. Richard Justice of MLB.com opined over the weekend, hey, Marwin Gonzalez would be a great fit for the Twins. Heck, he would be a great fit for everyone because he's versatile. Of course, he could help the Twins. He could help a lot of teams. There is no steam in that regard. Now, if somebody comes to the Twins because the Twins have talked to the agents for all these players, there's been dialogue Going back weeks, if one of these players wants to take a sweetheart deal, sure, the Twins still have some money to spend. They will listen, but the Twins are not being uber-aggressive trying to sign any of these big-name free agents remaining. But I'm telling you, they would happily take one of these pitchers, one of these good pitchers remaining, on a minor league deal. I was semi-vague on Friday with the Gophers football news. It got advanced later on on Friday. It's former Moundsview player and, heck, now former Gopher, Max Janes. Preferred walk-on. He did play in every game for the Gophers this past year. The allegations are troubling going back to a couple Fridays ago in downtown Minneapolis and allegations that he got into it with a police officer. I mean, he tried to fight 
a police officer, it is worth saying that P.J. Fleck acted swiftly. Now, maybe it helps that, hey, it's a preferred walk-on. Of course, you're going to act swiftly. But in this case, P.J. Fleck acted very swiftly. Once he heard about it, Janes was off the team immediately. Janes has Ryan Pasiga, by the way, representing him. A very good attorney. As far as winter workouts and both on the field and in the weight room, I've heard a lot of good things about Brevin Span Ford, the redshirt freshman from St. Cloud. He was a big-time get for Fleck and the Gophers a year ago, and he is a name to watch. Tight end Brevin Span Ford. On the Gophers men's basketball team, Isaiah Washington jelly missed the win over Indiana over the weekend. The word is tailbone injury. The word also is, though, where I can advance that is there are some people at the team, in fact, a handful of people surprised that Washington could not fight through that minor injury. That really, was there much of an injury there? What was going on there? So, Keep an eye on Jelly as we approach the Thursday 6 o'clock game at the barn against Michigan. But the buzz over the weekend was that they thought, hey, we need you, Jelly, right? We need you. This is a must-win game. You've been playing better of late. We need you in there. And there was surprise that he couldn't fight through and play. I've been asked a few times, is there any momentum on the Gophers and recruiting? No. I mean, Rob Jeter and company, Richard Patino, his staff, Jeter, And the other assistants are continuing to work it. I mean, you have to work recruiting 24-7, 365. But in terms of the Gophers being close on getting any other commits, the answer right now is no. Now, one player they want from the class of 2020 is Kerwin Walton of Hopkins. I was at Hopkins High School the other day. I think this is the way we will wrap up episode 204 of the Scoop podcast, Score North. Scorenorth.com, S-K-O-R, Scorenorth, Scorenorth.com. On Friday on 1500 AM, Scorenorth, Scorenorth.com. But 6 o'clock on Friday on 1500 AM in the Twin Cities, I'll have episode 205, Ramon Umber, Champlain Park High School. He just won a Super Bowl with the Patriots. He will join. So I wanted to make sure I got that plug in for Friday's episode on 1500 AM with Ramon Umber. And if you can't listen live, That episode will be podcasted thereafter. So wherever you track down this podcast, whether it's on iTunes, Podcast One, wherever it is, episode 205 on Friday night will be available for your listening pleasure or if you need it for nap time, whatever. But as we wrap up this episode, 204, I was over at Hopkins High School last Thursday. I caught up with Walton. I caught up with Arizona commit Zeke Najee was a finalist for Mr. Basketball, and I caught up with one of the all-time winningest coaches in Minnesota high school basketball history, Ken Novak Jr. So let me play back those interviews from last week with the number one team in Class 4A, although Class 4A is wide open. Eastridge is legit. Park Center is legit. Prior Lake is legit. Novak Jr. was telling me, hey, Wyzetta, don't sleep on Wyzetta. Lakeville North, Hopkins, obviously. Edina has a good team. Eden Prairie has a good team. So 4A, Class 4A in boys' high school basketball is very open, but Hopkins currently is ranked number one. So here are my conversations with Walton, Najee, and Ken Novak Jr. We'll start with Walton. This is about the time where things ramp up. I mean, you guys just have, what, about three regular season games to go, and next thing you know, it's going to be playoffs time. Well, honestly, I think we're prepared. As long as we play defense and really lock in as a team, I mean, that's what our main focus is. So I think, honestly, our defense is going to be the key to being able to win it all. How much have you learned about your team and you since the DLSL loss? Honestly, I just learned that, you know, as a team, we should we could really pass much better. 
you know, we've been really working on our passing lately. And honestly, just like, like I said before, our team defense. How about your game individually? How has your game evolved this year? Um, well, I think my game is definitely has come to like a newer height because, you know, because of my coaches and my teammates are helping me get better. And, I mean, shooting, passing, dribbling, defense, I mean, everything's ramped up? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we work on a lot of that type of stuff in practice. You know, right now uh, I want my passing to even be better than what it is, and that's, you know, that's because that's what Novak is helping us do right now. And I've been, you know, I always shoot and work on my handles, like, all the time, you know, by myself. What's it like playing with the guy to your right, Zeke? Oh, it's, it's e it makes the game much easier, man. It's, I mean, there's not many people, and I don't think there's many people in the state that can really stick with him, especially how big and strong as he is. Where are things at on the recruiting scene? Um, well, everything's, you know, in order for me, and I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit more, like, recruited. I'm getting a little bit extra calls, and, you know, right now I'm just trying to focus on winning the state championship. So I'll try to, like, you know, think more about my recruitment uh, next season. The coaches that are reaching out to the schools, what, what schools are those? Oh, right now the recent school is Illinois. I got a text from them, and, you know, they've been checking up on me and seeing what's up with me. And the Gophers, have you been down to campus at all? Oh, uh, yeah, I think I checked out the last game with them when they played in Nebraska. Oh, so even last night you watched the game on TV, you mean? Are you going to any games in the future? Um, yes, in the future, yes, but uh, for now I'm not, I'm not really sure what game I will be going to. I mean, are you paying attention, though? Do you see what they're doing, and, and how much does that Gophers offer mean to you? Oh, I mean, it means, I mean, it means a great deal, but I just, like, I, I just appreciate being recognized by them, you know, just being recognized by any college coach, to be honest. Maybe after this, I mean, do you think about how special your class is in this state when talking about you and Jalen Suggs and Dane Danger and Garcia and Carlson and Hadley at Matamita? I mean, it's a special group. Oh, uh, yeah, it's definitely one of the special groups. You know, I actually like I like competing against those guys and uh, playing with a couple guys like Dawson Garcia. Yeah, I mean, it's I just love the competition, especially I just like playing against, you know, people like Jalen Suggs, Dane Danger. Uh, those guys like Ben Carlson, I, I mean, it's, it just makes the game even more fun for me. Next up from Hopkins, senior big man, Mr. Basketball finalist, Arizona commit. He turned down the Gophers. He turned down Kansas. He turned down Kentucky. He turned down many programs. He is one of the 40 best players in the country in the class of 2019. It is Zeke Naji. Zeke, coach said it's three regular season games to go. I mean, do you feel like your team is in the right spot as, as the playoffs approach? Oh, definitely. I think that uh, we had a little rough spot with De La Salle, but other than that, I think that we're starting to, starting to get the hang of things, and I think that our biggest problem is defense. Uh, I mean, we sometimes come out of the game slow and start slow, but I think that if we bring the intensity right away and we take it to them as much as they're trying to take it to us, I think that we have a great shot. When you say intensity, how much more intense are you this year compared to previous years? Oh, I think that I think I think I've definitely uh, ramped it up a bit. Um, last year, I felt like I was floating around a lot, even though I was doing some good things. But I think that this year, um, I've just improved a lot, and I think that part of it is just intensity and motor and just being more active everywhere. And does it just come natural now that you are a senior? Like Hedstrom was here last year. Right, so you're deferring maybe to him in some ways, but this is your team now. I mean, is that is that something to do with your intensity level ramping up? I, I don't think it's just that. I think that mainly it's just Coach Novak's been on my case about it. I mean, says that if you want to be successful at the next level, you can't be standing around. You can't be lackadaisical. Like, you have to be coming out there, like, playing like it's your last game. And I think that that's really uh, hit, me, hit home to me, and I think that I really understand that. And uh, 
definitely playing like every game is my last. You're a finalist for Mr. Basketball. How much does that mean to you? It means a lot. Uh, you know, growing up, I see a lot of that. And uh, I always wish I could be Mr. Basketball. And just to be part of the 10 is, uh, is an extreme honor. I mean, do you feel like it's Matthew Hurts award, or do you feel like you have a realistic shot? Yeah, you know, I, I definitely, of course, I think I have a realistic shot. Um, he's a great player, but I think that if we play well and we, you know, we just have a great season and I play well as well, that I think that I could get it. You referenced the D La Salle game. How much of that game was they're just that good, and how much of it was okay? There's things that we just didn't do very well. Yeah, I mean, they're a great team. They got Jameson, they got Tyrell. They're both Mr. Basketball finalists. But I think that we just, like I said before, we just came out so slow. I mean, every team that plays us, they want to play us and they want to take it to us because, you know, we're Hopkins and we got a name and we got a history. But I think that sometimes we don't come out with that same intensity and we feel like people are just going to roll over us. But that's not going to happen. We have to come out strong. We have to come out playing great defense. We have to come out moving the ball, playing as a team. And I think that when we started to do that towards the end of the game, we started to come back. I don't think it was necessarily that... They're a lot better than us, which they are a good team, but I think that we just didn't play well in the beginning. How has life changed since you put pen to paper and signed with Arizona? Oh, it's been great. Uh, it's been a lot more peaceful, to say the least. Not so many phone calls, not so many text messages every day. But it's nice, you know, just keeping up with my team and knowing that that's my team and that's where I'm going to be going. It's, it's cool. I mean, are you hearing a lot on social media from fans saying, not that Arizona's having a bad year, but for their standards, it's a bit of a down year. Are you hearing from a lot of fans saying, hey, we can't wait until you get here next year? Oh, yeah, the, the fans are definitely anxious, and, hey, we're anxious too. Uh, we want to get there and start making an impact right away. Is your plan, I mean, is it June? I mean, will you graduate here and next thing you know, like the next week you'll be down in Tucson? Yeah, so I think we graduate like June 6th or June 9th, and then uh, two days later I'm already going to to uh, Arizona. So, you know, that'll be, that'll be fun. That'll be cool. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's just, think about it, right? I mean, just a few months from now you're going to be on a college campus. I know, it's crazy because it's something I dreamed about always since I've been a kid, you know, watching the basketball games on TV with my family, and uh, just to be in that position is actually incredible. Leave you after this. How much has Kerwin developed this year? Oh, Kerwin's amazing. Kerwin's, he's such a good shooter, and he's starting to develop the, putting the ball on the floor and driving and attacking people because they're closing out on him so hard. And it's just that it's nice to have him on the team because when I'm getting doubled and everything, I know if I give it to him, that's an automatic assist. I wrap up the Hopkins car wash with one of the all-time winningest coaches in Minnesota boys basketball history. It is Ken Novak Jr. He's been the head coach at Hopkins for 30 years. Do you feel like that you guys are starting to ramp up as the playoffs approach? You know, I wish we were a little further along. Um, next week, we only have one, uh, one game. So that's good because we need the practice right now. Fundamentally, we're kind of—I haven't been pleased with what's going to go on. So we got a lot of—we got a lot of tinkering to do. All right. Well, from a distance, so I look at your record. Is there really that much tinkering that needs to take place? Well, it is because it's—you know—it comes down to when you're playing the best teams and you're playing the Wyzettas of the world, when you're playing the Eden Prairies, when you're playing the best teams. It's going to come down to a player too. I mean, it's just one referee call, one tip ball, one. I mean, like the Gophers last night. I mean. And everybody wants to say this, but every play during that game that leads up to it can cost. And so it's, it's all a big deal. Just a motivated bunch. Do they take to your coaching real well? You know, I, I, they're good kids. They really are good kids. They, um, and they've got to get tougher. They've got to get more, um, you know, they've got to play a little bit angrier than they play. They're just very good kids. And, um, but they are, they are trying. They're trying to improve. And, um, you know, we're making some strides. Uh, hopefully we're making it quick enough. 
Are there any characteristics of some of your championship teams or because they lack maybe some of those things you just laid out, they're not quite to that level? You know, they, it, it really takes a lot of grit. And, it you know, it's the funny part comes in is it comes down to um, kids improvising and making plays, making decisions. And... Um, you know, kids are being controlled throughout the year so much that I don't think by themselves, there's a few that do, like Terry of De La Salle makes decisions by himself. Um, but if you have a guy that's got some grit, that's got toughness, that can make decisions, can attack, you know, we always tell them if you're not attacking, you're being attacked. And, um, you know, we have a tendency to play a little bit of and we start getting attacked a little bit too much, and we're trying to turn that around. The way last year ended, how does that motivate you? How does that motivate the team? You know, I, I haven't really, I'm going to have to go through that game a little bit, the last two games. Why is that? It's a really good team. I mean, they're a team that gives us trouble because they're really, their guards are really, really good. They really shoot the ball. We're a lot of big men, and um, so it's almost opposites. The way the referees call the game right now, it's tougher for big men because they, they call touch fouls on the perimeter, but the big men, they just let hammer. And again, it's not just high school, it's college and everything else. It's a reason why coaches, I was talking to Matt Painter for about 45 minutes after our last Prairie game and he said you know we really kind of go away from posting up as much we go for spreading um, for that reason um, and but you know we try to you got to try to do a little bit of everything and you know all kids are pretty you know they talk about positionless but there's some truth to it and that has to take place on Matt, I mean, I presume he was here to see Kerwin. How much has Kerwin developed this year? Kerwin's getting better and better. He's still got a big stride to make, but he's really, you know, it's a little bit like Zeke. A year ago, Zeke, you know, barely anybody knew who he was. And all of a sudden, he explodes out. Even after the end of the AU season, he didn't have that much. But then that next fall, people came in, and he just exploded. And he's improved greatly. Kerwin's improving a ton, too. Um, and but there's a little lot of details a lot of footwork issues that we've got to keep working with them now that said he's one of the best players in the state so I'm, I'm not putting him down he is one of the best players in the state but the issue comes in perimeter players the issue is now can he make that next leap to that highest levels and as you move up different levels it gets harder and harder the, the margins just start decreasing in go to pro level it's still there are a hell of a lot of a heck of a lot of good players that um, don't play in the pros but are unbelievably good does he defend the way you want him to defend you know he, he's he's working at it he really is and he, he's he's a good defender off the ball is where all the kids really struggle um, we're not as good as a team off the ball um, Kerwin included you know at times we will be and that's when we become pretty tough um, but off the ball we got to work harder but that's even true in the college ranks um, so some we're all working on Mr. Basketball might be a foregone conclusion, Matthew Hurd of Rochester John Marshall, but I'll let you make a case for, for Zeke. You know, honestly, I haven't seen Hurd play this one, but I, I tell you what, I honestly think they could give it to Zeke. Um, I, he is playing defensively unbelievably good. He's hitting the outside shots. He's put on the floor. He's making assists. He plays harder. He plays intense. Um, you know, I haven't seen Hurd. He's a great player. But I wouldn't trade Zeke for anybody. I think he's one of the elite players in the nation. I really do. Coach, what year is this now coaching for you? This is um, head coach 37. I mean, does it feel like 37? You know, it feels like yesterday. It feels like yesterday. I mean, I was 30 years here at Hopkins. This is my 30th year, and I'm just like, I'm shocked. I honestly, I was talking to Phil Ward, who used to um, be the YZ coach and pretty good friends. And, you know, it's amazing because we used to coach together up in Blaine. And it does. It seems like yesterday. When someone says, 
you know, 2002. He's a 2002. Sounds like science fiction to me. It really does. So 2020 sounds like science fiction to me. But, you know, we're still having a good time. I, um, I have a tendency to get a little bit more frustrated than I used to. But, you know, who knows? We'll see. I mean, do you have an end goal in mind? I mean, are we talking 40, 45 years? Or you'll just know when it's time? I don't even, I don't even know. I, you know, my dad really loves it. Um, and he'd really be bummed if I quit. Um, but, you know, who knows? We'll take it one year at a time. I've always said it. I mean, it's, you know, if all of a sudden they don't want me, then it's time to go down. And who knows? Then I go somewhere else, too. I mean, it, it's not a, you know, I, I, contrary to what people think, we don't, I don't play for state championships. I mean, hey, we, I, we try to play for our greatness. We try to really get kids good. We try to get our team really good. And then we see what takes place. Um, and you asked me a second ago, how are things going? I'm right now. I don't think we, we're going to win it. I don't think we're good enough. We need, we've got two weeks, three weeks right now to really make some big strides because the things we're doing wrong are going to cost us. It's going to come down to a couple plays. And um, you know, are we going to make that box out? Are we going to make that fill? Are we going to sink in fill like we should? Um, are we going to move the ball as quickly as we should? Or am I going to get a little bit selfish with my shot? And those things have got to be fixed. All right, so if not you, I mean, who then? I mean, Eastridge, Prior Lake? I think it's every. I think it's up for grabs. I mean, it's normally normally during the year, we've always kind of said, okay, there's three teams that we got to play for. And, and very honestly, we play for those three teams. We have our second team run the that those teams plays. We don't tell the kids, but they're running them all year long. We get them self set. We're getting ready for that. Um, this year, there's like eight of them. You can't do it. I mean, there really are. You know, a team like Wyzetta could win it all. And people aren't even talking about it. Park Center could win it all. East Ridge could win it all. Briar Lake. And it, there's a lot of really good teams, a lot of really good players. Um, even in the, you know, the 2A with, you know, Minnehaha with De La Salle, you know, there, it kind of depends on who's shooting the ball at night. If you shoot the ball well, you got a shot. And it's really, I hate to say it, but it's how well people shooting the ball becomes the, uh, key factor but even in college I mean you know you'll see that when you know Virginia got beat that first round that team came out and was just hotter than heck and things that's why basketball's so great though that's the seven series the best team's gonna win but not in one so we'll see I'll leave you after this okay you mentioned Minnehaha you mentioned yeah. DeLaSalle would you like to see at some point the state getting rid of the classes and just going to a wide open tournament you know, I, I think it'd be really hard for most of the teams. You know, Adela Sal and Minnehaha, they're bringing kids in. I mean, and I don't, I'm not talking about recruiting, but they're getting kids, they're getting the best kids coming in. I mean, I don't even know where their kids are from, but I'm guessing they're, they're some of them are from our place, some of them are from Edina, some are from, so they're bringing kids in. They're really a 4-8, they're 4-8 teams. Um, there's, a, there's a handful of teams, and that's why they want to they play us. Because if they don't play us, they go through a year of playing just nobodies. And it's going to be hard for them to really ramp up if they're playing nobody. So they're going to want to play the Eden Prairies and the and Edinas, the Hopkins, Wyzettas, and those teams of the world. Um, so you're going to. So should they be in the higher class? They could be very easily. Um, it's not. It's not about feeder systems as much as it used to be. Love talking hoops with Ken Novak Jr., the head coach at Hopkins. Interesting analysis insight when it came to his conversation with Purdue coach Matt Painter who was at the Hopkins Eden Prairie game indeed watching Kerwin Walton who Purdue wants the Gophers want Walton as well he said Illinois has reached out there's some other schools interested in Walton 
too, including Iowa. But anyway, interesting how, you know, Painter was talking to Novak Jr. about how they're even playing differently, not always feeding the ball into the post, just the way the game is being officiated. So I appreciate Novak Jr.'s insight. One other note I forgot to mention, the Twins had six scouts this past weekend in Arizona, all sorts of collegiate tournaments in Arizona, including Oregon State, heck, the Gophers. We're in Arizona. So the Twins had six scouts, including draft boss Sean Johnson, watching games. And I should mention that there's two Minnesota natives. There's Matt Walner of Southern Mississippi from Forest Lake and Michael Bush of North Carolina. He went to Simley High School in Invergrove Heights. Bush plays first base for the Tar Heels. Walner plays the outfield and pitches for Southern Miss. But it looks like it's the bat for Walner that will translate to him being a very high pick in the june draft all right that does it for episode 204 of the scoop podcast always appreciate you listening to be your best every day you need proven quality sleep every night science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental emotional and physical health and that's where the sleep number bed comes in and let me tell you ever since i've had it my sleep iq score is just going higher and higher And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.